Hello and welcome to the Tech Gaming Podcast, episode 15-2, with Indie Outlook Forum assembled. Yay! <laughs> yes! And this is where the Tech Gaming Podcast takes time to examine big ideas from smaller studios. I'm Robert, and as always, I'm here with the perpetually pleasant sigh. Oh, that was very kind of you. You're welcome. Yeah. To talk about a few games, we're going to check in with Undead Darlings. It's a great week, by the way. It is a great week uh, to see how yeah, Undead got... Darlings, No Cure for Love, has come along with Nick and Ryan, Mr. Tired Media. And we also have an upcoming announcement that you can help us with. Ooh. So first up, we have an indie giveaway for listeners. Sai, I have a question for you. Sure. Who is your favorite robot? Um, does a mecha work? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Let's pick a name of As then. long as it has a metal heart, it qualifies. How so about who's... people and stuff? Who? Does that qualify something that kills people like a mecha? Like a gigantic yeah, yeah. Mecha? Who's your favorite mecha then? Uh, a one. Okay. <laughs> of course, of course. So <laughs> I would love to hear the audience's, your favorite robots. And if you leave the name of your favorite automaton in the comment section, you'll automatically be in the running to win a copy of Poncho for the PS4. So oh, in, in case you forgot, yes. Poncho is Delve Interactive's 2D platformer. It encourages you to think in 3D space as you move along a variety of gorgeous pixel art backdrops there. So, it's a fantastic platformer. Check it out. For sure. Yes. gets pretty hard, though. Make sure that some, uh, yeah, some you are a robot. Some environments are really unforgiven. Yeah. So let's hear your favorite <laughs> robots. Put them in the comment thread, and I look forward to reading all those. Yes. So let's begin, shall we? Let's go. So I'm going to talk about 45, first of all. 45? I said fortified, okay? <laughs> I wanted to do that. <laughs> oh, we got it backwards. So, so one thing I, I deliberately try to do when talking about games is, is not say something along the lines of game A is like game B with a little bit of game C and a dash of game D. I think that that's kind of lazy. What, what's, that, what's with the voice? I like that voice. That's, that's my, that's supposed that's to be my snobby voice? poly, poly taku voice. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, so, no. Yes. And sometimes there's no getting around it. So like with Fortified, that is a recent Steam release, uh, which is essentially Orcs Must Die uh, with a little bit action tower defense with an aesthetic that recalls campy style sci-fi you know, that 50, 50s comic book vibe that uh, was, was in one of my favorite games, Destroy All Humans, at least the original one, then kind of went downhill. Poor pandemic. Uh, so first, a confession. I have a soft spot for any development team that takes their picture with a dog. 10 out of 10. Yes. So if you want some, <laughs> if you want some quality press from Tech Gaming, you go to Local Pound, surround yourself with all the mutts there. Now, the Toronto-based team at Clapfoot only got one in the picture, which is their security guard named Gamma Ray, who posed ever so regally on the website. So take a picture of him. Uh, but anyway, I digress. Social uh, media, don't write. <laughs> yes. I'm not talking about Fortified because of their choice in dogs, but because the game has this addictive tower defense quality. Uh, if you jump into Fortified, you take uh, control of four different characters. Uh, they range from a tough-as-leather tough as marine captain. There's a rocket scientist. There is a spaceman. And who am I forgetting? Cowboy. An a, 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 a cowboy. What? Why, why do you keep on hating that? There's no cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there You're thinking of that. This is four classes based on prominent pulp character archetypes, including a jetpack, pilot, and heroine, a shotgun-wielding space cowboy. Cowboy! a secret uh, government agent, and a battle-hardened marine captain. Wait, wait. Yeah, so you're that, a 
Oh, so the agent is the cowboy. That's the one I didn't play as. But he's not really a cowboy. Like, he's got boots with spurs and things like that. Really? Okay. I thought he was more of, like, a secret G, you know, G-man kind of spy agent from the 1930s. (laughs) (laughs) If there was a cowboy in the game, would you play it, Sai? With boots and spurs? And he had a robot horse? Okay. So, so Clapfoot, if you're listening, Sai wants more cowboys in there. (laughs) (laughs) Not enough cow... <laughs> needs more, not cowbell, but cowboys. Anyway, so each of those characters, the ones I played, I played as the captain, the rocket scientist, the spaceman. I didn't play as the agent slash cowboy. Um, so each of those have different heroic powers that charge over time. And then when you activate, uh, if you're playing with a controller, you press in the two analog sticks. Um, they, they give off some kind of you know special uh, for you. So as the rocket scientist, I was able to fly overhead zip around and as the captain i was able to call in an air barrage the the one thing is that there's not a lot of personality behind the the play style the special and their little catchphrases but but fortified lets the action do most of the talking so each round but it, says, uh, it says the gameplay is really interesting it is a bunch of it is yes. and strategy and and, and yeehaws <laughs> More yeehaws per minute. Anyway, so what's, each. What's the deal? What's the deal with you and tower defense games? Really, like you are. I love them. I love them. I, I am. Every and single you time know what? Okay, I so them... so here's the thing. I buy them all. They're like Pokemon. Right? I know that because but every single time we're doing new releases, it's like I, I'll play every, them. I see yeah. one of them, and I and then I see like ten hours on your Steam count. Right. So I play them all. And I keep you need an the intervention. Ones. No, no, no. I I play them all, but there's a very select few I actually go back to. So what was it? Terahedron uh, was definitely good. Orcs Must Die uh, was good. This is good. And there's no, a whole lot. No, there's a whole hours. lot out there. I, when, I saw, when I saw you completely hooked with this one, I was like, this is going in India. Look. Yeah, <laughs> there, there's a whole lot out there. They're just kind of mobile ports that aren't very good. And they, there's nothing really special about them. They don't bring much to the genre. But, but uh, Fortified does. So each round uh, allows players, you, you spend money, as with any tower defense game, to um, on different types of defense turrets. Uh, the spaceman kind of, you know, he can augment his damage-inducing freeze ray um, with with different um, with different defenses. The captain, he places soldiers around the play field. And one thing that's really interesting is you can even command the soldiers. You can say, come here, uh, go back to your, you know, base, your base stations, things like that, which adds kind of a nuance. Here, because yes. I'm really I'm really curious. How do they combine a shooter and and real time strategy into tower defense? Like, how immersive well, is it? it? It works. So there is different phases. Yeah, uh, obviously, like, I, I never now for, yeah. for both orcs must die and for this, you can place down defenses as and even dungeon defenders. You can place down your de- defenses. As you're shooting, but for me, I'm just, you know, shooting and I never really pause, only, only you know, taking time between rounds to, to tackle this. Now, with multiple people, that could be a little bit different. And so you'd have someone dedicated to putting down those, those different turrets there. So the, the one thing is it works well because your, fortifi- your fortifications, they can't handle all the different enemies. So you have to run around and you have to clean up all the, all the ones that get past your defensive structures with things like there's crawling robots, there's big walking ones, there's UFOs, there's the floating mines which can damage you uh, if you shoot them too close. And my favorite are these big orbs that, that plant these spindly legs and then they shoot lasers. Um, they're pretty interesting. 
just to just kill everything, shoot everything. Yes, almost yes. And, and what <laughs> what is uh, really good? I also like that orcs must die doesn't do is they also show the area of effect for each of those. And so you can see pretty clearly what areas are covered there. And there's aerial foes, and so even in the sky, they'll show the path that the enemies take, the aerial enemies take. So what's good about the game is the sense of balance. Uh, Your weapons can take down most enemies in about one to three hits, and Fortified lets you know that you've connected with an enemy. Uh, Robots kind of topple, you know, over and over again, uh, kind of ragdoll-ish uh, sometimes they even, if you have certain defenses, they'll blast them and they end up moving forward, you know, and so they, they progress on there. So you have to watch out for that. Um, little things I was playing today and one of the robots, he got launched all the way up on the rooftop. And I thought, okay, I'm just going to leave him there and see if that pauses the whole round. But, ah, the Clapfoot, they're smart enough to recognize that there's one robot that's stuck. And so they killed him off and moved to the next round. So. Hats off to you guys. Yeah, yeah, those little details, uh, which were kind of cool. One thing is the sense of tension is almost always there. Uh, The foes, you know, they spawn at multiple points, uh, multiple spawn points. They converge on your rocket, which, you know, you're sworn to protect. Occasionally, there's a little snafu in the progression system. I had an enemy uh, aerial level kind of snuck up on me, and I didn't know that I should have unlocked an anti-air gun. Uh, at that time, but largely these are kind of minor uh, offenses that once they happen, uh, you, you learn your lesson, you move on. Now, I played the game as a solo experience, but I think it would be great as a local as a local game with three other people. Fortunately, the game has online support. Um, I couldn't, you know, one time I was I was in a match and I wanted to go back and change my graphical settings so i backed out and i couldn't find anyone to play with again so i just sat lonely like a little boy all by myself (laughs) um and then the other thing was was chat was always seemed to be on by default and so i didn't want to subject people to barking dogs that was the other issue i i got it i got so it's dogs hate you too it's built on <laughs> uh, the Unreal Engine 4 uh, and on a... Yeah, the game looks fantastic. I love it. It, it is. Uh, on a sturdy desktop uh, as well as a mid-range laptop with, I think, I had a GTX 950. Uh, the, game, the game ran great. 60 frames per second and 1080p. No clipping. You know, I'm, I'm checking out the yeah. screenshots of uh-huh. the game on yeah. the God of Steam and the very last one, that's a cowboy. You suck. He didn't cowboy. Uh, you know, okay, so here's my excuse. That's a cowboy, right? So here's my excuse. <laughs> I see a cowboy i'm sorry clapfoot i see a cowboy and i'm a city slicker i don't so if anyone <laughs> listens to the taking me podcast and you live in the less urban areas yeah i just don't identify with the cowboys sorry but no i thought it was like a g agent i thought it was like so a, what about a lolly no. cowboy oh uh, no if, they, if this game had lollies yes <laughs> <laughs> oh, not that you will notice. I'd burn it onto my hard drive permanently. Hilarious that you didn't really notice that. I swear to God, I'm looking at it. <laughs> it's so obvious. I don't play a lot of games with cowboys, okay? <laughs> Forgive me. So, <laughs> so there's, right now there's a few patchable issues. Lack of lolly is outstanding. Uh, but the game is... is Completely playable, dangerously habit-forming. It's on PC and Xbox One. I would like to see a few levels added to the dozen that currently serve uh, as the game's campaign, but there's still plenty of fun to be had, and especially if you have a group of friends that all pick this up. So, a lot of fun. It's still on sale, by the way. It is. It is. Yeah. So you can justify a fortified. Yes. 
people in her New Year, which I didn't quite understand the connection between Chinese New Year and just a game sale. I, I, I thought have no idea, when I first but I'm happy. Well, yeah, when I first caught wind of this, I thought there were going to be Chinese games, and so it was kind of like, oh, that's that's cool. I'm going to check some of those out. But it was like no, all everything games. is on sale. Yeah, everything. everything. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so yeah. You uh, know, by the way, what am I complaining about? I that, don't even know. Yeah, I don't know. You love sales. Yes. Um, this week we got Disgaea Doom go up for pre-orders. That's fantastic. Yes. Can they're I not, can I tell you something? Maybe, maybe I shouldn't even say it. But if you check Tech Gaming in the coming weeks, we are going to have an interview, an exclusive interview with the creator. Oh wow! But this show is full of surprises. Things you haven't even yes. told me. So yeah. So <laughs> yes, with the creator of Disgaea, and I'm really looking forward to that because if you don't know me, I'm. A little bit of a fan of that game. <laughs> I think people have been asking for that, so they're going to be hopefully they're going to yeah. be happy about it. Yes. So uh, also happy Jumpman or Jumpman Jump Jet Wreck. <laughs> Why well, don't I was thinking what's that old game Jumpman jump something? Jumping, jumping, push, push jumping something. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't even know. Um, Jumpman was this old Commodore 64 game, but I'm not going to talk about that. Instead, I'm going to talk about a game that emulates the 16-bit era called Jump Jet Rex. Um, and so I love, you know, the visuals and gameplay of modern games, but occasionally I just want to settle down after a long day and enjoy old-school 2D-based goodness. Uh, and if you've ever felt the same, I suggest you give Jump Jet Rex a try. Uh, it comes from hey, a three... you got it right! Bah, bah. It, it comes from a three-man <laughs> team. They're from Edmonton, so Canada is being well-represented this week. Uh, the game is classic four-button gameplay at its best. Uh, the setup imagines Armageddon with uh, a little bit of scientific explanation here. It explains that an asteroid is hurtling towards Earth and without any kind of Flintstone-like Rube Goldberg technology. You have to save the world. Yes, to destroy it. Uh, they send out their best and brightest, which is a dinosaur wearing... A uh, T-Rex. Yes, a T-Rex with jet-powered trainers, no less, which is kind of cool. By the way, did you get to see the customizing area like you could make it look just like a joshin all call yeah i did <laughs> give me that vibe yes um so yeah speaking of you have a infinite flutter jump um you can dash you can rocket upward and of course you can butt bounce my favorite thing to do in real life when i sit down um <laughs> just like any good rescuer of the 16-bit era you know one thing i've noticed is that yes. you love having an action, an action, anything in the game. It's like you just can't play any kind of platformer or any kind of rhythm game without having any, you know, pew pew late. <laughs> I'm action oriented, I guess. What? I can tell. Do I, I yes, feel like I'm defending they, myself from on this all show. The things that I the, don't the see. Guy does. This, this is the one that you love. No, the no, most, no, no, no. Because, because, because I love visual people. novels and I love especially JRPGs. And what the hell do you do there? Did you smash the, the laptop or something? <laughs> No, I cry on it. My, te my tears, there. no, my tears flow down my face into the keyboard and short circuits. Uh, and there's the action. There don't say that. Yes, on the on the good that. ones. On the good ones. That's just so tragic. <laughs> oh, foreshadowing. Ah. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, well, back to the butt bounce. Um, so the the one good thing is you're not defenseless. Uh, tap of the shoulder button, you can issue a spin that can take out enemies because. Remember back to a certain game when I said I don't just like being on the defensive. I like a little bit of offense. Yeah, of course I remember yes. that. That's why I mentioned that. <laughs> that got us in trouble. This one, 
the developer was not happy with that statement or something yeah, to that effect. I think, I think he hates us. <laughs> that's all right. We, we will leave. Because I, I like jump jet racks. Um, so 40 levels stand between you and the fate of Dino Kind. Each exhibit a really quality uh, level design. Uh, like any good game, things get progressively difficult as you dart through rings and collect thousands of gold bricks on your way to the stage exit. Naturally, there are plenty of... Uh, lasers and spiky things uh things that will fry you a myriad of other one thing dangers. that you haven't mentioned yet is yes. that this game is based on like the, the premise of racing yes. which i suck at run. quite frankly because every single time i see coins and there's a timer fuck you timer i'm gonna collect all the coins mm-hmm. and i'm not like the most graceful person when it comes to jumping and sliding and, and spikes so I take my sweet ass time and it's really funny because I remember when I got to play the levels all over again, I will see a ghost of myself following mm-hmm. yeah. or like, it was so, I don't know, it totally threw me off at first. I was like, what is this? What did I break the game? No, oh, but it's a lot of fun. I really liked it. Those ghosts? They, they did. Because I, have, oh, okay. I have no idea what the hell was happening. I thought I had broken the game. Oh, okay. And, no, but it gotcha. was fun. It was really fun because... Uh, Actually, it, it made me go back and try to, you know, do a decent time so I can mm-hmm. at least feel a little bit better about myself. Right. <laughs> so you were just kind of taking your time, just strolling along. Oh, yeah, of course. I was completely fucking around. I was yes. like, I just bumped into walls. I died like a hundred times in the same spikes. You know. That's me on my way, way to work. I just stop and take my time. And if there's nickels and dimes I really in the street, think I we pick should those not, you know, I And really then I should... jump over things like potholes and... Over cars. I, you know, next time we need to keep on recording in the mornings because you get really gloomy at night. It's, I'm gloomy? <laughs> yeah, you're like completely depressive. <laughs> they usually at the end of the podcast, it's like, like let's, everybody, let's kill ourselves. No. <laughs> For the end of the show. I'm kidding. No. Oh, that's a terrible joke. That was a horrible joke. <laughs> that, will leave on the, that will be on the cutting room floor. So, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> Why? You, no you longer not, speaking my mind. You were no kidding when you said that you did not do your best at this hour. Like, you're so sad. Like, all the things. Don't say those things. So, speaking of good, happy things, <laughs> there's a map screen that's all in high res. And when you jump into levels, there's this retro look that kicks in almost like uh, almost like jump jet. Rex is this lost classic from the 16-bit golden era, which I love. And I'll always love. You know, the one thing I like the most besides the old-school graphics and whatnot is the replayability that the game has. Yeah, yeah. I really like going back and, you know, trying to make something out of it because I (laughs) was really bad. I don't know why I'm so bad at racing games. I do need help with this one, Sai. Can you help me? Ain't nobody got time to. What? Are there any cowboys in the game that I overlooked? (sighs) Did you see any cowboy dinosaurs? (laughs) <laughs> no, no. I, I, I don't think there is anything for your joke here. <laughs> well, I'll take that one out as well. <laughs> womp womp. No you can leave it on. I think people are going to be I'm going to be happy Let's with that. Let's your games. My games. Um, I recently got to play Kiddo Blaster. Finally. I've been dying to play ribbit. that game. It's, what? I said ribbit like oh. a frog. They say Kiddo in, in Japanese, I heard. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what the game is all mm-hmm. You're just about... Well, Kiro Blaster is this pixely platformer. I think it's the latest from Pixel Studio, the same guys that did Cave Story. Published mm-hmm. by Playstone. It's quite a fun run and gun 2D pew pew adventure. You're this tiny little guy working for this company called CNF, always on call for the president. And of course, it is um, your job to fix everything. I will say that, you know, kudos to the business, business development team who came up with that. 
the fancy pitch for the game. Have you read it? It says something like, it's ridiculously cute, is that you're a bipedal frog and a master of the custodial sciences, charged with the unaviable task of, what? of reading your company's teleporters of strange black creatures. Fight for your life through a menagerie of unique monsters. I even had a hard time saying that. While getting your hands on exciting new tools of the trade. Like, that is pure beauty. I even feel fancy and smart after saying all that. But, well, it's kind of similar to Keeve's story. I think you got to play, too. You got to play yes. Keeve's story, too, right? Mm-hmm. Of course. I never got the chance to play Keeve's story, so I'm not sure how similar it will be in terms of it, gameplay. But it is much more linear. Keeve's story is the word I hate to use, a Metroidvania. Where you kind of move around different areas. Yeah, it's a uh, you know every in every stage the idea is for you to actually move forward and you know go to the boss and defeat it and move on to the next stage. You don't really have the need to explore or you know backtrack much of anything. Although if you do die, you get to start a level all over the game. Which no, it's great because since you never lose any money, this is going to allow you to save up for upgrades and whatnot. Um, there's plenty of items you can spend your money on, and in fact, um, it's kind of required as you go further along the game. Like, you need to upgrade your weapons and get new um, new items that you can actually use as weapons and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Eventually, um, I did not know this. This is actually kind of recent that Pixel Studio got to include a new mode for the game, which is called Sangyu. Um, it's basically the same game, only like in hard mode. With a whole new storyline, and the soundtrack is, you know, quite fun as well. I haven't finished. I haven't finished it yet, so I'm not sure how hard <laughs> hard mode actually right. is. I, I made but, it to the um, swamp. I had a good time with it. It's fantastic. I mean, the game is fantastic. I'm still um, trying to get through the the snow levels, and it's just everything changes because you know you get the get the suit, you get the new fire weapons and stuff. You know, yeah. you still need to upgrades and whatnot because even though that you're in a different stage you get to use all the other weapons occasionally so if you do feel the need to you know check the game out make sure that you download first um pink hour i think it's and then it's uh pink haven well carol blaster is not exactly um rich in story all the characters are quite charming and you really should not miss out this whole series of games ribbit even my daughter There's two are free to download, by the way, Pink Hour and Pink Haven. So I must say that it was kind of fantastic that they did this. And they were all, all created by Pixel? Yeah. They're fantastic. Wow. They're really good. Okay. Yeah, they're really, really fun. Mm-hmm. Besides Carol Blaster, I got a chance to finally as well, because I've been dying for this game. So it's just like Carol Blaster. This was a game I was pretty excited for. I remember I got to hear about it way back when. I was working in publishing uh, in early uh, 2015. I remember um, hearing about the project, and I was kind of sad when I heard that it was going to come first for PlayStation 4. So when I heard that they were releasing it on Steam last December, I was, it was automatically on my wish list. The game is not exactly like Stick It to the Men, mm-hmm. but I, I think the developers managed to keep the same uh, amazing aesthetic quality and you know, the same kind of funky humor that I love from them. This story, okay, the story of zombie Vikings goes around, you know, the typical, I think everybody's probably familiar with them by now, is the the, the beef between Odin and Loki. 
mm-hmm. the mythology ones. And, and then, as I said, everybody's probably um, up to speed about it. So with all the Marvel movies out there and whatnot. So to summarize, Loki's a dick and then steals out a good eye mm-hmm. and then you get summoned to retrieve it. That's basically all there is. And the game <laughs> offers uh, local co-op. Yeah, it's up to four players. Um needs to be said that the design is just as fantastic as expected for the, le- the developers. Um, I really love the 2D art that is, you know, combined with the whole scenarios and whatnot. You can play, I think you have four different characters. You can play as Kaka, which is uh, she's this crow zombie lady, from which mm-hmm. explain it. And there is Sigurd, who's a big tentacle guy. You have Gumborg, is a... Uh, Kind of like a Hulk-like super strong lady. And then, of course, my favorite, Hedgy. He's just tiny and grumpy, and he's always like doing stuff like that. It's really fun. I like him. <laughs> Every single one of these little guys have a signature move, which is, you know, along, it's combined along with a set of, you know, normal, strong attack kind of moves. And I must say, I was actually surprised. Um, I didn't think they will include so many options. I mean, it's kind of like roller-like elements to the action game. So, I don't know. I I guess I was expecting more platforming, laid-back kind of thing, like stick it to the man. Either way, mm-hmm. I wasn't disappointed. I really loved uh, Zombie Vikings, too. I think, uh, what else can be said about the game? You get to collect money and buy upgrades, which is kind of fun. Uh, you got weapons, which are specific to each character. They might not work exactly well with the other ones. Like, for example, for one, it's probably going to up your attack in health, and for someone else, it's probably going to take it away. Um, you also got runes that you can actually upgrade for each character as well. It's going to favor stats, health, and speed, and whatnot. I think you've got about 40 weapons to unlock. There's about 25 levels in eight different worlds. There's a lot of gameplay to enjoy. And, yeah, there's a lot of Questing and side questing and stuff. It's really fun. It's a lot of pew pew stuff. There are some, <laughs> there's some, there are some levels that are like about racing and I completely suck at those too. Mm-hmm. Just fantastic because I got to redo them all. And I finally, I stopped dying. <laughs> Sounds cool. No, the game is really fun, and um, I know that there's people that might be a little bit on the fence about gameplay, but I I personally enjoyed it. Maybe because I wasn't expecting that much action in the game. Either way, I do think they balance it out just fine. I mean, they include a lot of cutscenes, and there's a lot of humor and story in between, you know, the, all the funky humor, uh, kind of like complementing the hack and slash simplicity. Because, I mean, even though that you've got options, it's not really specifically a brawler. So mm-hmm. the audio and the visuals are pretty great, but I think the humor is exactly what makes uh, the whole experience for me. I really can't wait to see more from this the developers. I like that. Hack and slash simplicity. <laughs> well, you know, is it that yeah. sometimes you, you get um, a little bit disappointed with indies? Like, uh, it's kind of hard for you to find nowadays uh, indie studios like, you know, Pixel Studio and Sony mm-hmm. that are consistently pushing good games. So, you know, yeah. kind of happy to see that they're continuing work and, and mm-hmm. they're doing fantastic games like that. And besides indie games, you know, one thing that I wanted to ask you, yes. because um, I've seen it, uh, we've been covering a lot of visual novels, is like, Guilty. where are you playing right now? Yes. yes, I mean, there's a lot of visual novels right now that we are talking about, so yes. I want to hear your take on that. One of the latest ones, which I'm working my way through, is No One Like You, which begins fairly... No One But You? Hmm? No One But You? No One But You. No One But You. 
Yes. But. But. <laughs> anyway, I've uh, been enjoying that. I put a couple hours in, and it seems like it's going to be this fun little harem romp. But uh, I'll say this much. It disguise, disguises something that's a little bit gloomier. But, you know, one thing that I wanted to ask you, because this is something that I remember you mentioned it every single time you see uh, (laughs) one of the visual novels of my wish list. Mm -hmm. You always tell me not to get it from Steam because usually they're censored or like completely sanitized. Yes. Distribution. So what's up with that? Well, Steam has, you know, certain rules, just like Twitch has you know, certain rules about games. Uh, Steam doesn't allow much in the way of nudity, so, nor to see, you know. No patsu! Those, those, yeah, nor to see, well, I think they can show that, but when it comes to, like, boobies and stuff like that, those that's off-limits. Uh, so I would suggest buying things from Manga Gamer, um, so they have a really good storefront. Every once in a while, if you're really into some of the more hardcore stuff, they have bundles, <laughs> too, that will please Sorry, you. If you want pantsu, you go to Manga Gamer. That's, that's yes, secret, yes. So, think Pansu, think manga gamer. So, uh, no, you know, John, last, he's a really good guy. Visual novel, yes. But the last visual novel that I got to play, uh, mm-hmm. I think it was Little Wish from Anesk. Yes. And, oh my god, that, that visual novel is about fucking 30 hours gameplay or something yeah. like that. I have almost 10 hours and I'm nowhere near half of it. Mm-hmm. There's so many quests and so many spells and, and it's hilarious. And I think I sent you a bunch of screenshots remember that when uh, Domino was getting all these ladies in the in the tower and mm-hmm. <laughs> it kind of looked a little bit etchy. A little mm-hmm. bit. So I'm okay. surprised. I'm surprised that you said that they Was can. that on sale this week for the, <laughs> for the Steam sale? <laughs> but yes. there's a lot of um, innuendo in there. I mean, right. Well, innuendos... Any windows okay? I think showing panties are okay. I think it's actual nudity uh, in games where they kind of draw the line. Or Poor blue. We we should not talk about pansu banning. Right. Breaks his heart. That's where that's where Gobin draws the draws the line there. <laughs> he doesn't like the nipples. Free the nipple, Gobin. Oh dear. <laughs> so. So you said you had an announcement to make. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so so one of the things I've always believed uh, is if you see something you don't like. Complain about it on social media. I'm kidding. Um, which is, just, well, maybe I'm not kidding, which is what I did when I saw a major site. Uh, they tried to make a episodic show about anime. Uh, it was awkward. Oh, God, I remember. Yes, it was awkward. It was enthousi- unenthusiastic. Why and, did you hate me like this? Well, and I remember watching the... It was motivation. It was... Oh. Uh, and I remember know, I, anime watching deserves this, better. And, and there's nothing, nothing wrong to say about these ladies, because I'm sure they're lovely and whatever. No, no, yeah, they're, they're when wonderful. You hear, when you hear the show, and you hear, yay, anime, and that's supposed to be some sort of, like... <laughs> Trigger for depression. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even sure know. what that is, so, yeah. but it doesn't really give out much to... to Animu, you deserve better. So, so uh, we here we are about well, to launch... for you. Yes, a new quarterly <laughs> podcast to talk about the media and hopefully avoid the mediocrity. Uh, but we need a name, so I need your help, uh, lest I give the podcast an embarrassing moniker. Like We've been trying for like a week or something, yes. and it's hilarious the amount of crap names, though. Sundays with my Sunday. to come up. The Omake <laughs> podcast. Uh, Omake is the name given for extras on Blu-ray discs. Or, uh, you know, fall into the pit of the Moe cast. Help us come up with a title. Put it in the comments, please. And we will consider that. Right? We, we will try. <laughs> try? Oh, no. We but, will try. So and if you make us me, laugh, please. 
So speaking Tell me about the anime that that you've been watching, yeah, okay. So, this is this is something that I know people have been. Uh, we read your comments, believe it or not, that have been trying to get you to do for a while. Like at least try to venture a little bit more when it comes to anime. And I know that in a review format, you probably don't have as much room to probably express yourself outside what you know, trying to be analytical about the. Mm-hmm. the so, uh, or something. so now you yes. can fangirl and talk about your waifu. Go yeah. ahead. Oh, well, I have a couple. Uh, <laughs> so Shirobako. Um, often I feel that an appreciation of art is increased when you learn about the creation process behind it. So for anime, Shirobako uh, can cultivate that feeling. Um, the name means white box. And way back in the day uh, in the anime production process they used to send out kind of samples and they were vhs tapes that would come in those white boxes and so that's kind of a throwback to that particular era although this takes place in a very modern contemporary setting uh the the first episode's prologue introduces us to five young schoolgirls representing the the high school's animation club naturally each of them they have their own specialty from vo- voice acting production um, there's storyboarding, 3D graphics, animation. Uh, what follows is a bit of wild drifting, a really cool kind of race sequence, uh, a bit of fan service, donut appreciation, and the realization of their dreams at graduation. Now, this is all before the credits, the, the opening credits, right? So then credits roll, and we fast forward to three years. That's Yeah, we fast forward a, a few years, and there's Emma. Uh, she's the protagonist for the first half of the first season. Uh, she's employed by the industry, working on a production by the name of Exodus. And it's here that it seems like uh, PA Works. Um, they are the uh, studio behind that. Um, although the, the, the 24 episode series is based on a manga, it feels like PA Works is drawing from their own experiences because you really feel. Uh, th- th- this this excitement before the inaugural broadcast of their show Exodus. There, uh, they have radio DJs that are kind of talking about the upcoming season. There's there's this nervousness. There's this buzz in the air. Uh, once Emma and the, and the large team converges at the production office to watch the episode. You see shots around the city, and of course, it's a beautiful city there. Uh, you see people kind of t- tuning in. But you're hardly getting the fanatical response that you might expect where, you know, people are just kind of gushing. Instead, it's more of a gentle appreciation. And it's unexpected, but but pretty intriguing. And the, the reaction also foreshadows some of the production issues to come. I won't give anything away, but suffice to say, uh, you'll learn that putting together a 13-episode season is nothing short of a logistical nightmare. Um, you know, it's like the moon landing. Yeah, along the way, one of the things that you'll learn is how anime is created. Um, everything from character designs going into keyframes. And ultimately, those become the skeleton which the entire episode is based on. So it's really kind of this insightful look into how the medium is created. So there's a lot to love. Good question about that because Uh I've read some articles recently about it. Is it true that anime has got like probably one of the lowest budgets to work with on television? It it has a a minimal budget. And, you know, when you see shows... It's insane. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it is. And it shows there's a very small number of people that are, you know, kind of working on this on a very skeletal budget. And they make such 
beautiful, like, you know, important works. And to me, yes. that that's amazing. And that's why, hey, I'm, you know, talking about this. So, um, yeah, there's a lot to love about, um, about the show. Um, it, it's got a informative element, you know, it details how anime is created. There's a human element, uh, not only in the tensions faced by groups, but also uh, Emma's role in ensuring the success of the series, um, the, the series within a series, Exodus. And then the, the chase after, after self-actualization and the fulfillment of, of her childhood ambitions. Um, then there's PA Works. They're, they're gorgeous production values. And they're their studio behind uh, Hanasuka, um, the Centric Family. Um, oh, the Professor Layton games, too. And so, uh, also, yeah, if there's that, if there's a god, we'll get more episodes than the original. I know. I hate you so much because I remember watching the trailer for this one, and mm -hmm. I wasn't really into it. Now I'm completely curious, especially because of the whole yeah. production thing. Also, watch the eccentric family. That that just speaks I to me. I think this is probably the third time I recommend that one. Well, to you have you watched it yet? No. <laughs> Seriously, last, it's just it's beautiful year, because yes, 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 last year I remember you mentioned right. it like five times in one month because. But but it's one of these things where it's just this magical world that is, is kind it. of rooted in reality, <laughs> but then it takes its own beautiful departure from that. But anyway, it kind of makes sense in a metaphorical way. Quick so, question here, I'll, because I'll it's, it's yes. only, there's only 24 episodes out, yes. which means it's only, like, what, two seasons? Yes. Is there more coming? I, I sincerely year? hope so. I sincerely hope so. Nothing's been announced yet, but um, I'd love to see PA Works. Is it available in Crunchyroll? I think so. I'll check it out. <laughs> I'll check it out. That's, really that's the one thing I can't answer is where That's it's, That's it's really frustrating when it comes to anime, by the way, that you oh, want to find a side that is going to give you good subtitles because otherwise like yeah. i'm watching a gin right now mm -hmm. and i swear so far i was wondering if i was going to feel comfortable with the whole animation stuff because everybody's making such a big deal about it it's like oh no it's animated 3d and whatever mm -hmm. but so far the only thing that is getting on my nerves is the fucking translation as word god is just so mm -hmm. goddamn awful so mm -hmm. it's been it's been quite a struggle only three episodes so far and and i'm i'm, I'm trying to guess right. in between the what, what studio put that out? Ajin, I'm not even sure. It's so mm. new. I started watching it like last week or something. Are, are you watching like fan subs? Out. Yes, of course. Oh, because okay. I don't. It's it came out in about a week ago or something okay. like that. So there's not much available right now. So right. this is why I'm asking about this because usually it's hard to find good subtitle work like that. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so perhaps the best is just to wait until you know for a little while until you can find them online again. Yes, yes. And speaking of waiting, I'm eagerly waiting. The Boy and the Beast, uh, March fourth is, is coming here. Uh, that is from the director of. That's the movie you've been talking about. Non yes. Yeah. I am. And, it, looks, uh, it looks really good, though. Yes, and if you haven't seen, I think I've told you this three, maybe five times. Uh, <laughs> Wolf Children. Watch that. It is just a. I have, actually. Okay, it's just okay. that I haven't finished it. I remember I got started, but, you yes. know, then hospital right. happened, so I mm -hmm. had to stop. I was actually in, I, I was in Akiba, and I saw a um, figurine of the mom from both children, and I was just staring at it, and yeah. it was, it was, I'll say, how, prohibitively how priced. How much was it? It was in the multiple hundreds, hundreds of dollars, <laughs> and it, the thing was... It's good. I, I love the work, but the quality of the figurine wasn't quite where it should be for like four or five hundred dollars. 
Somewhere good smile. Room, good smile is perhaps yeah. the best there is when it comes to quality on, the, on this thing. Yeah. So I ended up buying the uh, Kaon uh, set for that was a good significantly trip. cheaper. Yeah, the I'm sure Blue approves. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> so anyway, I also want to talk about your lie in April. So another confession. I really like anime that has a tinge of sadness. Don't ask me why. Oh yes, you, yes. Look, your thing is comedy and drama. <laughs> so, that's why I want you. That's right. why I want you to watch. So I, I don't know why my life is wonderful and happy. I get to talk Your's about thing. games and anime on a podcast. Like I, Adele. What, what could be better? Yeah, that, that, that says that it on itself. I, like, I, I am like the male sad. Adele. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because um, yeah, it sells. No, but do you know your light in April when you told me you were going to be talking about this? I got to watch the trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, and it gave me such a Dora Dora vibe. It did, yeah, it, it definitely does. It has that connection between the two protagonists. But what I was thinking is, is I like the little reminders that life can be merciless at moments, and then that makes you appreciate the good times. Um, oh, that feels. Yes. Um, so certainly your Lion April's premise seems a little bit mopey. In it, we observe Kosai uh, Rima, who opens the show. Uh, he's playing this grand piano masterfully in front of hundreds of cheering onlookers. But uh, then his mother passes. Uh, he loses the ability to hear the piano. And subsequently, the most promising childhood prodigy gives up on his natural ta- talent, turning not one, you know, turning one tragedy into two there. Uh, so two years pass before he meets his unlikely muse, and the two are the proverbial yin and yang. Uh, he's straight-laced and plays with a very rigid style, and she's kind of loose, uh, wild, and just jazzy. And it might sound like they're opposites, but they, you know, as the show progresses, we find that they fit together in this beautiful kind of complementary way. And over the course of 22 episodes, gradually grow together and they're influenced um, by by each other. Sure, it, it probably sounds trite in my description, <laughs> but... In, A little I, bit. Mm. You know, if you hadn't said the word I can't tragedy do it like 10 times, but... Yes, but, well, it's not a tragedy, right? There's a lot of fun uh, to be had. Uh, yeah. In execution, first to look, A1 Pictures managed to contain just a perfect... Every shot is absolute perfection. Uh, you know those anime yes. where the sky... Oh, my God. I remember watching the trailer and the animation. It's just so... It's beautiful. I mean, it's so flawless, and, and the cell shading is just gorgeous. Yeah, when the sky is filled with those uh, clouds Black. that are painted, yes. just the, they're orange and purple, and that space between those two colors, that's here. Uh, so are the isolated walkways where the sakura are always in bloom. They're just perpetually in bloom. Yeah. which is my happy gorgeous. place. Um, yeah. a- a- anime is often, you know, created in, you know, imagines kind of a world of fantasy and that's here. Uh, I can't think of, you know, the, the, the construction of a world just so gorgeous. So really loving that. No, I, I really want to watch this one. It's on my wish list to watch. Yes. It, it's like a, what is it? A tourism guide that says come to Japan. How many episodes do you know? There are 22. No cowboys. Oh, stop it. This is finished airing, so it ended yes. only two episodes and that's it? Yes. Oh. Yeah. I know. More and more melancholic. Such a tragedy. There, I said it a fourth time for you. Uh, yeah, you love that word. I do. A good tragedy is, is hard to beat. What's wrong with you? Just watch the news and you'll be impressed <laughs> enough. No, no, no. But I, do, I mean a tragedy where there's some kind of redemption in there. 
you know. Obviously, you there, there's loss, but there's you know the you know what people call that novelas. You know, it's probably not that far. <laughs> A little less slapping going on, um, and less cursing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The backgrounds well, the are hand, a little bit more I've been beautiful. watching completely different things, and you have to watch. <laughs> what novellas please, have you been watching? <laughs> please, you have to watch Shimoneta. I really want to hear your take on it because it's freaking hilarious. No drama though; it's just craziness. I've been watching a lot of stuff lately, but I only want to pick up uh, two of my favorite ones. I'm not sure a lot of people probably have heard of this One Punch Man. Um, Never heard of it. I'm kidding. Shut up! You. <laughs> <laughs> One Punch Man. One Punch Man story is the life of Saitama-san. Mm-hmm. He's basically my new husband right now. He's this random guy that decides to become a hero instead of a salaryman. Eventually, he realizes his own strength after years of training, and of course, he just you know managed to kick ass. You know, everybody defeating everybody just with just one punch. He gets to formalize what once was a hobby now became a career through the Hero Association. And in this process, you know, he gets to meet all these wonderful people and, you know, the monsters and, and all kind of weird crap because some of the guys are really weird. The, <laughs> the show falls into some sort of action, comedy, um, sci-fi, supernatural style kind of stuff. And the story of the animus, that's the one thing that I wanted to talk about, is really inspiring. I love, li- I love learning about this. The guy got started with this webcomic, like, Back in 2009 or something like that, he was he used to publish you know, his story on his personal site way back then. And then moving forward to, I think it was 2012, One Punch Man got picked up for digital publishing by a known site and a great artist. And they made uh, this whole remake of this story the, from the, ver- the original version and whatnot. And then back, in, back last year, 2015, the cool kids of Biz Media and Madhouse picked it up. And that's where we are at right now. And it's clear to say, you know, One Punch Man fandom goes years before the anime ever showed up. I remember I read something like it had over 2 million copies, uh, the manga sold, right after, you know, it got started. And then after the remake, it went off to almost 5 million copies. And that's pretty impressive, just the manga. And this is all before, you know, the TV anime just mm-hmm. showed up last yeah. year. I love Saintamazon. He's like... The most down-to-earth, badass, derpy hero there is. Like, he doesn't care about anything. He's like, oh, sure, let's go for that. Well, he struggles with people's acceptance. He's very well into the challenge, and he tries to pretty much explore what the hell to do with his own life throughout the whole show. And I think that's something that we all can relate with. (laughs) He can be a little bit eccentric at times. He's, I mean, the show is super silly and quite fun. I mean, it's packed with a lot of action, too. I was very surprised how well thought and how well done some scenes, some action scenes were done. The animation is just fantastic, seriously. And were you going to say something? Are you going to hate on my husband or not? Don't you no, dare. not at all, not at all. Don't you even dare. I, lo- I love how, you know, it's usually the, the, the twist on the, the genre where he's looking for someone that's a worthy opponent, a worthy contender. No, but that's, that's, that's the whole thing. He's trying to look for a purpose in life. It's yeah. all- that's all he can do. He wants to find some sort of satisfaction or gratification from what he's doing because nobody, nobody likes him at some point. So it's kind of hard for him to go through this. And I remember, this is one part that I remember when I was watching, um, he's, he kept saying, to like, keep it under 20 minutes or so. You know, does that remind you of someone? Someone I know. Someone I'm talking to right now. <laughs> What's the way? What? 
<laughs> when did I say that? You never have time for shit. You're always uh, on the run. You're, you're always like... Like Sonic. <laughs> pretty much. And it's hilarious because whenever you want to talk to someone, it's like... Oh, that's... And then you fuck off until the next day. So hmm. this is pretty much you, IRL. So it's okay. hilarious to me because... Which, you know, which if I hear another person telling me, you know who you should be for Halloween? You know I, who should be for I'm Halloween? I'm going to one-punch them. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Let yeah. me give you ideas. I have yeah. plenty of them. Mm-hmm. No, but, you know, One Punch Man seriously stole my heart for what's best of probably last year. I didn't think I will enjoy it as much because I remember everyone freaking talking about it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to get in. I'm going to watch it. And I was not disappointed. I loved it. And if you haven't yet, I think it's available on Crunchyroll. And no, well, I'm not sure. And on Hulu. Surprisingly, Hulu is a lot animal lately which is great actually yeah love to and see besides one punch man i've watched himoto umaru-chan mm-hmm. tell me you watched that one i think you have umaru-chan yeah well the premise of this show is seeing the world through her eyes i mean she's a high school kid she lives with a brother and you know most of the show the show explores like who she really is like she's just a kid mm-hmm. the relationship with the brother and the school friends i mean she seems to everyone to be this perfect kind of girl in, of course, you know, perfect grades. She's sweet. She always knows what to say. She's the best at everything. Oh, my God. And, you know, when this she's I can at relate home, to. of course, you could. I'm sure you're perfect. And however, you know, when she's at home, <laughs> nobody's watching, just a brother. She's like complete different. You know, it's just complete asshole to, to her brother and everything. But it's really funny. It's really it's really enjoyable. It's like a comedy slice of life school kind of show. It started, um, the show, as I read, started back in 2013, uh, in a weekly magazine, and eventually got picked up for 2014 on TV. It aired on the summer of 2015, and well, from this one, if I remember correctly, you have the show, and then you have another show that ran along with this one, which is the same as like uh, Himoto Umaru chan apostrophe s and then there's like one over and i know this because i watched that one too the umaru chan apostrophe s is like um it's the same kind of thing but they're all chibis and it's really freaking fun it's really fun it's, it's adorable actually and then of course there's the over that he's got a really long name that i can't say i'm sorry i suck at japanese so when I got started, I wasn't expected to get so much into it. Um, but once I realized there was plenty of foot porn, I was lost in it. I was completely hooked. Wait, uh, foot, there was, foot porn? There's a lot of cooking and there's a lot oh, of food, food porn. Oh, you know what? You know exactly what it is. Uh, no, I thought you said foot porn. Like, you what? are you are hating on my accent so bad today. <laughs> no. But anyways, the food porn, it was one of the best surprises <laughs> to me. Because, you know, I deep down, I think she represents the otaku in all of us. She loves reading manga. She loves playing video games. She loves pizza and, you know, and soda and driving her brother crazy. And, you know, pretty much like every little younger sister ever does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I remember seeing some mixed comments about it when I, when I was watching the show back last year. People were talking all like, oh my gosh, she's just a juror. She has no character progression. And so, oh, Jesus Christ, this is slice of life. It doesn't get any more mundane than that. So it's 
if you can find joy in everyday stupid things, then of course you probably should avoid this final one. So that's what no, I yes. hate about Seinfeld: no character arc. Are you hitting on? Am I doing really? <laughs> I would have that. No, but seriously, I mean, we are all the same kind of way because mm-hmm. we always keep our personal life apart from work, don't you? I mean, I remember I could not talk about anime back at my office because everybody will just give me the stink eye, like, "Oh, you watch cartoons." I'm like, I hated that. My boss used to do that to me. And I was like, you know what? You can go die or something. Just, I hated that. And I hated when people started talking down to me like, oh, you and your cartoons. You know, so usually this kind of stuff hit home. Like when she kind of keeps a division from what she does at school and, and who she really is, you know, outside of all that kind of obligations, social obligations and whatnot. So, do you talk about animu at work? Mm, not much. That's my secret life. Exactly. So we're all my kind of the same. I, I, I think most most people who are into anime, even all over the world, they kind of might have a certain clique yeah, that they, that they talk pretty, with, but it's more of like a secret society. We don't. I mean, Everybody's it's really it's really hurtful when you start talking about like I don't know Hatsune Miku or something, and people look at you like, "What are you doing? What are you talking about?" Mm-hmm. Like that's got some sort of age frame or something like that and it's something that we always try to keep to ourselves to some extent so you know and oh and one thing before i forget one thing that has to be said about this one is that it surprises me and all the references and parody moments that you find throughout the episodes like you got references from evangelion and and phoenix wright and and tanga rompa and everything yeah it was really fun yeah it was really fun and, you know, even references to video games like Street Fighter, Final Fantasy, and well, I'm sure there's plenty more that I got to know. So if you haven't checked this one out, I do recommend it. It's so fun. It's really silly. So just expect comedy, like purposeless comedy. I think it's only 12 episodes and it's on Hulu and Crunchyroll. Okay. It is, it is everywhere. Speaking of comedy, I think it's about that time we check in with Nick and Ryan. Mr. Huh? Tired Media sure. to talk about Undead Darlings. No for love. Robert here, along with Nick and Ryan, the creative minds that once helped bring a slew of NIS America titles into your bedrooms and offices, and now have branched out and working on their own title, Undead Darlings, No Cure for Love. Welcome back, guys. Hey, thanks for having us. Thank thank you. Yeah, so uh, let's start off for new listeners and uh, people like me who tend to forget things. Uh, If you could refresh our collective minds with the um, interactive and anime titles you worked on when you were at NIS. Nice. Oh, someone someone cracking open a Werther's there? <laughs> I mean, it's kind of sound like a Werther's, but it's not. It's a uh, preventative measures for colds. Ah, a okay. lozenge. 
Loss, it was a loss in, you know, I guess the word there is just a loss in <laughs> Are those preventative? Uh, they'll, they bring on aging. They, like the, the onset of aging. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Instantly derailed here. Um, um, but I say, um, go ahead, Nick, I guess, what titles did you work on? Um, oh, man, I'm going to have to crack open the old uh, one sheet here to list them all. Let's see here. All right, well, at NIS America, uh, I worked on Disguy Infinite, ZHP, Trinity Universe, Atelier Totary, not Rorona, Cladoon, uh, this is an RPG. And I really wish they went with my original idea for the sequel. I wanted to do This Is Still an RPG. But it, <laughs> it, that would have been good. Sh- yeah, they shot it down, though. That's okay. Uh, let's see what else here. Mugen Souls, The Guided Fate Paradox, The Witch in the Hundred Nights, and a slew of Hyperdimension Neptunia titles. Which, yeah, all of them. And then after NIS America, I continued to work on some of those at Idea Factory's request. Yeah. A very impressive pedigree there. Thank you, sir. Ryan. Um, my grubby mitts touched... Basically, um, from Atelier Verona until Danganronpa 2. So, um, I, I can't even name all of them, I don't think. Um, but basically, yeah, since I was on the PR marketing team, we kind of knew the ins and outs of all those. So, basically, from PS3, kind of like right in the middle, of the, towards the end of PS3 era, um, until PS4, um, right after, you know, Lumpa 2, I think it was the last title that I was on the credits for, for being the, the VR marketing manager. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, yeah, all those titles. I actually tested um, Televerona 22, and uh, and I also tested Televerona uh, in French. Uh, I don't, that was so great. Yeah, but like it was mostly for line breaks and stuff like that and just general bugs, but yeah. So we Do we call it Atelier? Yeah, I guess so. I learned that show, like, I don't even know, shoe, C-H-O-U-X means cabbage. Because, you know, there's a ton of cabbage in that game for some reason. Yeah, um, there's a little cabbage festival. I yeah. I didn't work on it as a localization guy, but I did uh, do the QA manager role for it. So I got to go through all of that fun stuff, kind of, as well. Shoe and Poe debate versus Poe debates or something. Yeah, yeah. It was a. There was a lot of uh, spellings. We had uh, like a residential, like a resident, like um, tester that was could speak French, and she was just you know we were lawing it up usually because uh, we were trying to pronounce it all half the time. So um, no, no. When the company was scouting for titles to localize, I'm sure you guys had a hand in the process. Did uh, any any stand out that got a yes vote from you? Uh, I know that I pushed really hard. For the original Hyperdimension Neptunia, wow. it was at a, it was at a time where um, the companies involved, I guess, weren't exactly happy with the mm-hmm. quality of titles yeah. from one another, just to keep it neutral. Mm-hmm. But I I really, you know, made a push for that one and tried to get everybody on the NIS forums like involved and talking about it. And I don't know if. Through my efforts, it happened, but eventually, you know, I just heard that 
the president decided to bring it over. Yeah. So it was kind of a success. Yeah. What about what about Damon Gaze? Nick Nick was in charge of uh, getting Damon Gaze going. Mm-hmm. Oh he, yeah. By yeah, the way, they used to call it Damon Gaze. He used to call it Damon Gaze, and like I told everybody, like you know, don't call it Damon Gaze because you know, like Matt Damon, because yeah, Damon Damon's because, Gaze. Because yeah, because like they would spell it wrong in the office over and over again, and mm-hmm. it's like you know, other companies, larger companies, have been nailed for having misspellings. So during like one of like the like the semi-annual like man, the manager reports, I like shopped Matt Damon's face and like don't call it Damon Gaze. Yeah, I've I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, I, I brought that up to uh, the producer at the time, and they started to talk with who was it, Katakawa, and then now they have a you know decent working relationship. Yes, I don't I don't remember if Demon Gaze came before or after um, they had licensed Dang and Rampa. That was after. It was after. Yeah, because I I feel like it all sprung after demon gaze like it was just a whole new client because at the time the uh, gust was bought by tech McCoy. idea factory had started to taper off to do their own do their own thing so they they were just looking for a new group to work with so it was it was fortunate timing all around okay now uh, about a year back you made a decision to escape the netherworld and start mr tired media how has the journey been so far it has been everything that you would expect of uh, a Prinny's journey. <laughs> just just staring up at the red moon, just hoping. Is that a Bloodborne reference? Oh no, I think I think in Disgaea, like when the Prinny's behold a red moon, that's when they get reincarnated. Oh, that's right. I th- I thought you were. But going it, it could be also. It could be Bloodborne as well. It's not quite salvation in that world, but um. <laughs> it would mean that we defeated Rom, which is great. Everyone's always fighting Rom on Twitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so let's talk about Undead Darlings. Uh, what was the impetus, if you guys can re- recall, behind uh, Moe Zombies? It was uh, it was Corner Bakery. Corner Bakery. Okay. Yeah. So it's the, uh, Southern it's... Cal- the Southern California treat. Right. It's, right. Yeah. That's what I always call it. Um, yeah, no, no, Nick tell the story. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, Corner Bakery, which they they opened one over in uh, in Georgia, but it's like the only one around there. But I digress. Corner Bakery was like our our haunt for lunches. Mm-hmm. So we would always go there for lunch and um, just BS about different things that come to mind. And eventually, we started talking about game ideas and. Through a series of non sequiturs, we came up with, you know, a Moe zombie post-apocalypse visual novel. And from that, as we started progressing down that development route of just a visual novel, we, I don't know how it came about, but we just decided to kind of expand the scope to get more of an audience by adding in um, dungeon crawling elements. I guess I was really big into dungeon crawlers at the time. I still am. And it just seemed Blame like... Matt Damon. Yeah, and, and a big Matt Damon fan and his gaze. But um, after playing, like, Demon Gaze, playing... Uh, what did I play before that? I mean, Etrian Odyssey, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But those, those have a different budget. But playing, like, Demon Gaze and seeing what all it takes to make a game like that, it's the most approachable scope for a first title. Mm-hmm. 
It, it doesn't demand a lot of AI, a lot of physics. It's mostly static art that you can animate and some basic 3D environments that are four directions. Do you pay homage to the corner bakery in the game? Actually, make There's a Panera a reference, right, Nick? Right. I yeah. I mean, one of the one it's of a the direct enemies, competitor, is it not? It is. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but hey, what are we if not hypocrites? Right. I hope but, it's a disparaging uh, remark. Yeah. One of the enemies is a. a bread bowl, a soup bread bowl monster. So there's there's little little bits of loving for the entire process that brought us to where we are. Alright. Little dissonance if you have to kill the, that thing, because I like soup bread bowls. That's so, okay. <laughs> how many people are working on the game? I think we've got about I think about a dozen people overall mm-hmm. have you know put their hands on it. And uh, currently right now I have five or six contract workers pumping out some assets to get us where we need to be in the next couple months. Now, now for me, uh, you talked a little bit about dungeon crawlers. To me, dungeon crawlers, they need a solid hook, um, whether it's in the plot or really found in the battle system. What's the core hook with No Cure for Love? The core hook is that it's a visual novel and a dungeon crawling RPG. I, I played dungeon crawlers that were supposed to have an emphasis on story, like uh, Unchained Blades. And even that, the story felt secondary to the dungeon crawling. Which, you know, isn't bad. I enjoyed the game. But I wanted us to try to make something that was really all about the characters, really all about their growth and their journey. So it's it's very much a more, a more fun offshoot of a season of The Walking Dead where there's not really, like, a big bad enemy. You're not going to go and fight the creator. It's it's just their journey to their destination, and it's just all about them. Any uh, Moe Chronicles in there? Did you play that one? Oh, absolutely, I played yeah. that one. I think I have an art book for it, too, for oh, naughty research. <laughs> yes, for research purposes. So what kind of role-playing DNA is found in the game? Um, let's see. It's got It's got an eclectic mix of different types of games from the past. I always quote Fantasy Star 4 as a major influence. So when when people see how the battle system plays out, it'll be very familiar if they've played that game. And we've even taken things like um, linking linking different skills together to create a combination attack, which was also one of the coolest hooks, I thought, in Fantasy Star 4. And... um, Aside from that, um, you'll have all the random loot drops in dungeons, which will come with durability. This this kind of is supposed to give you more of like a survival horror feel. So, so your that. weapons degrade, your weapons and armor degrade over time? Right. Of new ones, yeah. I, I don't know if we'll do it for the armor, because that would just be a little <laughs> difficult. <laughs> yeah. But for weapons, we definitely want to do that because we want to implement a system where once your weapons are worn down, they turn to scrap. And you can use that scrap to uh, increase the number of items you can carry or restore the durability of a different item. Um, we're, we're still working into that sort of stuff, but it's something we want to do if we can, if we can find the time. Right, a little recycling, that's good. Yeah. Now, I was able to hear a little bit of the soundtrack, uh, which offers the kind of upbeat, melodic J-Rock that I really love. Who's behind this? It's actually um, my um, guitar teacher, Lisa Vieja, when I was living there. 
um, he um, he does musical production and stuff. And he uh, he went to school like for guitar. Um, he also plays bass, electric, like electric, acoustic, classical. Um, you know, so he's super versed um, in that. And then I think you know, Nick, you actually have another guy working on some other stuff too, right? Yeah, I was going to say your guitar teacher's stuff is really, really good, and you know we love it. And we do have another guy doing music tracks for, I guess, what I what I call non-key tracks. Like you'll be hearing the battle theme and the boss theme a whole lot, but for less key tracks, like the the background music while you're traversing a dungeon, it's usually a little more low-key, a little more uh, not repetitive, but it's got more of a basic uh, layering of instruments and he's this other guy's helping handle that and I'll have some of his music to show off in a couple of days. It's also really cool. It goes it goes more into the uh, uh, EDM way. It's not like it's not like rave music, but it's it's more uh, yeah, keyboard esque. Now last July you experienced a uh, Kickstarter setback uh, when your project uh, didn't generate the uh, necessary seed money, I, I think that was 50K, uh, if I recall. But you got a second wind uh, when over 2,000 people voted to greenlight your project. Uh, what do you think was the cause for this disparity? I really think that it came down to um, the concept versus what we had to show, in that what we had to show was so early on and so rough-looking that it didn't inspire people to you know, crack open their wallets as readily as they are to say, oh yes, I would vote yes on Greenlight for this game because the concept sounds good and you know voting is free. So it, it really served to show that we are onto something, we just weren't far enough along with it to get people to go from a free vote to voting with their wallet. No, in the last five months or so, you, you've had time to regroup and make some changes. Can you tell us where the bulk of your efforts have gone? Mostly through uh, completely redesigning the aesthetic in the 3D dungeons. Before we were going for more of like a, a straight, dark tone. It kind of looked a little realistic-ish. But um, we've, taken, we've taken all of that away, and we're doing a more, I don't want to say cel-shaded, but it has that sort of pastel cartoonish 3D look and it fits a lot better with the tone and the story and we can do a lot more um, fun and creative things with the 3D objects you find. Like now we can have, you know, striped thigh-high socks in a, in a clothing store rack which would have felt really out of place in the other design aesthetic of more real. Now, you've hinted at another attempt at crowdsourcing. Uh, what's your decision on going at it one more time? I, I think we're going to do it. Um, I'm putting together a Prefundia page, which I hadn't heard about until a couple months ago, which is kind of like where you go to put your crowdfunding pitch together, and people interested can give their two cents about, oh, yeah, I like this reward or I like this pricing. And it's just sort of a way for the community to get involved in what will be the crowdfunding. This is a pre-Kickstarter dialogue? Yeah, yeah. There's no, there's no like, pledging or anything involved. It's just inter community interaction, I guess. And I think those, those pages go up for about a month. And then I want, after that month, to launch the other crowdfunding campaign. And hopefully by that time, we'll also have a playable 
version of the game for people to check out. So hopefully that convinces them. I mean, that's that's what we didn't have last time was something to really show them what they would be getting. And that is probably the best way I can think of to show them what they'll be getting is to actually let them play it. Now, one last question. Let's talk a little bit about the art. I know you mentioned that, but for a visual novel, uh, that's a big sell. Who did the art and, and what direction did you give the artist? Yeah. The artist, her name is uh, Hitsukuya, and she we found her at Anime Expo. So um, she actually frequents most of the major shows all in, in the U.S., and she actually went over to Europe um, this past winter, like in 2015, um, to Switzerland or, or a show over there. Um, and you know, we just really digged our style. And, you know, we were kind of looking for something that was semi or emo. Mm -hmm. And then, but a little bit, a di little di different. So that wasn't just like, um, you know, straight up some, uh, you know, that territory where Anaplex come after us type thing. So, <laughs> um, you know, we, uh, so, yeah, you know, we, and we talked to her for about, you know, two anime expos or so. And then, you know, we approached her and be like, hey, you know, would you be willing to do some character sketches and then potentially, you know, start drawing some bust-ups for us for a game? And she was like, yeah, sure. And she's really into Love Live. So um, yeah. she is constantly drawing Love Live. Yeah, she was she was selling like a, uh, a Love Live calendar before the new year. And like, it's just awesome. She does, she does awesome work. Okay, well, as always, uh, thanks for coming on the show, and best of luck with uh, both No Cure for Love and Mr. Tired Media. Hey, thanks. Thank you, Robert. there be pantsuit unfortunately no i'm trying to twist their arm maybe a hint come on guys a, hint. <laughs> a sliver <laughs> so that wraps up this episode of the tech Amy podcast indie outlook formation thank you for listening check us out on twitter and, and remember and remember to give us ideas yes give us a name please we need names good ones or funny ones i like funny ones See you guys next time. Fun.